Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Thou camest on earth to make the earth my hell. No, not Danny Ward talking about Brennan Johnson, but the words of the bard himself in Richard III, a man who was found buried underneath a car park in Leicester, has been dead for hundreds of years and would still be more used than Danny Ward between the sticks. Hello and welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. You join me, Kieran Curtis, on hosting duty this weekend. As you can probably tell, I am upbeat. I am defeating the lack of sunshine in my life up here in the Northwest, and it is all down to Forest. Alongside us this week, we have got Holly Royal. How are you doing, Holly? I'm really good, mate, really good. Uh, a bit nipply, as they say, not a bit cold at the moment, but I'm all good. Yeah, have you got the snow? We've got snow up here. No, just a little bit icy, but no snow yet. I'm sure that's to come. It's coming, it's coming. And a man who probably knows the elements all too well from his work in the great outdoors, Steve Corey. How are you, my man? Good to be back. Yes, very good to be back, but not in the uh, sub-zero you know, uh, temperatures. But yeah, good to be back, no doubt. Yeah, that must be a bit of a change for you. This is the first time we've had you back since Qatar, yeah? Uh, yes, yes, I went from... 30 degrees to minus five on my first day back at work. So 35 degree swing and Jesus, did that hit me, yeah. Yeah, take it the fleece didn't go with you to Qatar. <laughs> no, no, just got fleeced by the prices, but we'll leave that one for another. <laughs> right, look, let's dive into it. It's been an absolute heck of a week from a Forest perspective. I said on the pod last week that I'd be surprised if we got past a resurgent Wolves side under... Uh, Loptegui or Loptegui, however you want to pronounce it. Um, color me surprised. I, I think on that second half, I was surprised. We were under the cosh, we did well to uh to take an early lead, and we've done them on penalties. And some great stats have come out in the week about how good we are at penalties. Never knew, I never knew that. Did you guys? No, nope. no, not a clue. Yeah, what was it 10, 10 from the last 10, something like that? Jeez, is it is it that? Honestly, something yeah. like it's mad. Like, yeah, we're in du- we're in double figures for penalty success, and the only one that I can recall really is Notts County in uh, in the twenty third, twenty eleven. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was screamer. Yeah. Um. So that there was that penalty shoot out, and then last year, semi final of the playoffs. They're the only the only penalty shootouts that I can really remember. There was the one against Tottenham, wasn't there? When crossed the. Are we going all that way back? How far? Oh are we going? yeah, was yeah. that was that the one well, yeah. finger? Yeah, when he when he saved the corner. Yeah, against Teddy Sheringham and um, he made was it three saves he made in that game? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. he was just on fire, wasn't he? Yeah, so it's not something you would associate with Forest, would you think? Oh, a success in penalty shootout. So yeah, I was quite surprised by that. Yeah. If we if we were a national team, we would be the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, long long may it continue because we've got a semi-final on the cards. First since 1992, first that I will have ever seen in my lifetime. Never seen one in, you know, in the flesh. Yes, I was born, but I wasn't uh, probably wasn't conscious at, at that point. Uh, 
how, how does it feel, guys? S- sum it up for me. You, Holly? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? I was just thinking about this earlier while I was walking back to the shops and I was thinking, there's a few people who shared those uh, pictures from about six years ago. We made the signings and we had like uh, Ross McCormack and Zach Clough. And I was just thinking how far we've come from then and how, you know, our cup final was against Derby every season. And now look at us, you know, we have the chance of, you know, being at Wembley for the second time in two years. I mean, it's so exciting being a Forest fan right now and the resurgence in the league as well. And we just got the job done, got the job done, didn't we? you know, we were dogged. We we hung in there. Um, I wasn't at the game, but um, watching it back, it looked like, you know, we were, as you say, uh, Kieran, we were very much under the cosh. Um, not particularly on our form, but we got the job done and, and here we are and, and on we go. And as I always say, you know, winning breeds positivity and momentum and um, it can only be a good thing. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, watching us against United uh, and bring it on. Yeah, I was, look, I, I listened back last week. And maybe I was trying to play it too cool. I didn't care. But what a way to get you interested and what a way to get to a semi-final. Nothing nothing beats a shootout win, especially a masterclass uh, from Dean Hendo, who we will come to a little bit later. Steve, where were you watching that game? So I watched it at home. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I could have been commentating, but <clears throat> we had a bit of a deal going off with the Wolves AD where one of the commentators came and uh, did it alongside Luke Savage. So Elliot and I stepped aside, let let the... Uh, it was a bit like the old Sky fan battle. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so uh, by all accounts, it was, it was brilliant, brilliant um, little episode for them. So, uh, but yeah, I watched it at home, but yeah, brilliant. Like you say, the drama of a penalty shootout to get through the happy days. Yeah, it got a bit tasty in the ground as well, didn't it? It, was, uh, yeah. it, it seemed a little bit feisty. Morgan Gibbs-White doing everything you want out of a player like who's there who's coming up against their their former club and very much willy bolly and him total other ends of the spectrum to each other ultimate respect but i don't know i think mgw just gave as good as he got in that one yeah he did you know with the penalty i'm gonna ask you guys i was a bit i, I thought he got got away lucky with that penalty i mean the the audacity to do it that's brilliant that's just supreme confidence but like I don't, I'm not a fan of these stuttered run-ups. I like I like just get in, smash it like Shearer. But I, that was so close to being saved. I don't know what, what's your view on it, guys. Well, there was that weird high jump, wasn't there, that he did in the middle of it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which I saw afterwards. I mean, at the time I was listening to Colin Frey, so I was wasn't actually watching it on on the live stream or anything. But watching it back, yeah, it just seemed to trickle through the um, goalkeeper's hands, didn't it? And um, I mean, if that had not gone in. God, I, I mean, you know, I dread to think, but yeah, very strong. I'm not a fan, not a fan of the uh, the weird run up and, and the jittery and all that kind of stuff. Just bang it in like Waza did, um, like, you know, Stuart Pierce would do back in the day. Just keep it simple for me. He did have the weight of expectation, though, and every commentator was just waiting for that moment to be like, it's Morgan Gibbs White back at the same end of the ground facing his old club. He missed the penalty here for Sheffield United at the end of the season. Yeah. I- I, no, I didn't love the run-up either, but he got it done. And you know what? That's got to be a weight off his shoulders as well. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, so I was thinking, like, any of those players that had didn't score and then we went out, their confidence would then be on the floor, wouldn't it? They would feel like they'd let us down. So after Sturridge um, missed and I thought, oh, God, here we go. And then, you know, they all they all did their jobs. They all scored. 
and you know it, the, the confidence is going to be sky high now so I'm, I'm really really pleased um but I, I love the uh, the fingers in the ears celebration and I love the fact that they sort of adopted that on Saturday, him and Brennan, uh, when they scored. So, um, yeah, fantastic to see. But these are the moments. Like, we, we were talking for so long about they need to gel, they need to gel, they need to gel. And I think that is more than just time and minutes on the pitch. It's moments that actually unite you. And we're yeah. getting those moments. This, this squad is going to have something that actually, you know, in, ye- in years to come, when they've, they're bouncing the grandkids on their knee, they'll remember nights like that. And th- there's something building now. Um, you know, maybe MGW and uh, and Brennan, they've certainly got something going on now. They're really starting to to click as, as a unit. Scarpa's fitting in quite nicely. Uh, it's a real shame Taiwo's going to be out for a little bit. Um has anything official been reported actually on Taiwo in terms of time, or, or was he just out of the team? I'm not really sure to be honest. I've not really kept abreast of it this this week. I've been my mind's been elsewhere. But long story, but um, no, I've not I've not seen anything. Holly, have you? No, and he's not been involved in bench cam either, has he? So uh, yeah, <laughs> with Lingard. So no, um, I think it was possibly. I don't know, three three or four weeks. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting mixed up, but yeah, um, it, it feels like it's not a really long term thing. I'm hoping he, it's not a long term thing. He, Although he walked off from that Southampton game, yeah, he was exactly. clearly feeling something, but yeah, yeah, didn't. He? And of course, when um, when the gaffer says someone's out for a month or two, it, it really means about four days, doesn't it? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. I I st- I'm not going to believe. Uh, Dean Henderson isn't playing until Saturday, and we actually get the uh, the team sheet in for the for the Bournemouth game. But we will see. And before we get to any of that, there was a little matter of returning to the Premier League against the side. It was their cup final. They managed to behave themselves and stay in their seats this time while the uh, the ball was in play. So very well done uh, to to you boys uh, who are just down the the M1. But you did lose two nil in your cup final. Uh, I was triggered before the game, hearing people talking about it as the East Midlands derby. Uh, it, I liked that Brennan got that pot shot in on social, just to remind people it's not really a derby. You're not really that that relevant to us in, in those terms. Just another obstacle that we have to overcome to preserve our place in the Premier League. And you know what? Midway point of the season, could we really ask for any more? We're, we're slap bang in the middle of the table, 20 points from 19 games, repeat that in the second half of the season. And theoretically that should do it. We should be staying with the big boys next season. Mm, Are you guys feeling hopeful? Yeah. And over to you, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said last week, I wanted revenge on Leicester and that's what we got. Uh, And it was, it was sweet, wasn't it? It was lovely. I thought we played fantastically well. And as you sort of alluded to earlier, Kieran, that the sort of, Nice little link-up play between um, Brennan and uh, Morgan Gibbs-White now. They're sort of forming a little partnership there. And uh, Morgan was getting in some nice little pockets. He's just so composed, isn't he? He's just got that extra edge. Even that, that ridiculous bicycle kick when at the time we were like, what the hell is he doing here? And then, you know, it, it, it actually brought on something and, and we scored. So, um, yeah, delighted. And I love the fact that we... Um, we didn't do any kind of celebration before the uh, before the game. No, no tifos, no nothing. Just sort of, you know, we don't care about them. Um, so, uh, 
which was nice to see. Um, and yeah, we made up. It just shows how far we've come since that, you know, that away game at, at the King Power, um, which looked like everything was lost and Steve Cooper was on his way out. And, um, you know, in, in actually quite a small space of time, we've actually managed to turn things around. We stuck with our manager and, um, you know, he's paid us back in, in bundles, hasn't he, with that. So really, really pleased. Uh, another win at home. Um, and yeah, fantastic record at home now. We, I can't remember quite how many it is now that we're unbeaten, but... Um, it's since September, I believe, isn't it? Seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight games now. Yeah. So uh, onwards and upwards. Um, Yeah. Real good fill factor. I mean, as much as I don't consider them um, our rivals, I do love beating Leicester because they hate us so much. So that's always fun. It's kind of like, it's not a little brother, like a third cousin (laughs) that you, you, you get to bully every now and then. The niggly uh, third cousin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not really bothered. They tip up once or twice a year for the family reunion and make a bit of a tit of themselves. And long may that continue as well. <laughs> Look, I'm actually... Um, I, I, I'm going to make a heartfelt apology on, on the pod this week. I'm really glad, actually, that Lisa's not here because she'd be giving me both barrels and plenty of I told you so's. I dared to question whether Brennan Johnson was up to the task of being a talisman for this team. Um, boy, has he shut me up. If it weren't for the fact Freebs couldn't be on and I needed to host, I probably would have sat the pod out this week as a mark of respect to that young man and his ability. I will pipe down. I will pipe down, Brennan. You've, uh, you, you've, I think you've shut a fair few of us up. Um, but now please deliver the consistency that, we, that we'd like to see. What a performance, Steve. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I, I was in exactly the same boat. And I've got to hold man's up because I so many times this season I've called him a ghost. He's just been on the pitch but virtually invisible. Um, and I was constantly asking people around me, saying, how is he getting, not so much picked, but how is he staying on the pitch for 90 minutes every game? Um, and obviously the manager could see, you know, that... This this would pay dividends by doing it, and he's he's got the best out of him. I couldn't, and hence that's the reason why he's the gaffer. But I'm just yeah, I'm so pleased because I was one of his big, biggest critics, and we all know he's got the ability. We all know he's got it in his locker. He's young, so it's going to happen. I just thought, oh, this is too early, and he's just why is he leaving him on all the time? But it's you know, there's some chemistry there between himself and the manager, and then you've alluded to Gibbs White and whatever now. But the biggest thing for me on Saturday was and against Southampton, was his decision-making in the box. So when we all know when he gets in the box, he tends to get caught in two minds, and he changes his mind at the last moment, and it's either a cross shot, the wrong pass, the wrong shot into the near post, instead of, you know, across the keeper. But against uh, Southampton, he looks up, squares a lovely ball, and then this one on, on Saturday was brilliant because he got into that same position he gets into all the time, down the right-hand side of the box, and all season I've been saying, just go for it. And he just looks up and does exactly what kind of I've been willing him to do. He makes that decision. I'm not going to cut it back. I'm not going to take an extra touch. Just glances, far left corner, bang, in you go. And that decision-making for me, that's just like, that's another piece of the jigsaw. And he's, he's well off the finished product, well off, but he's come on leaps and bounds. And yeah, and I'll hold my hands up too, because I've been one of his biggest critics this season. Just a shout out for that that first touch the second goal was absolutely sublime the way it set him up had he not received the ball in that way 
you know, perhaps it wouldn't have gone quite as well as he'd hoped. But yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. That was world class, that touch. And um, it saw him on his way, didn't it? So um, he can only get better, can't he? I think now. I think it's going to give him loads of confidence. So. I mean, yeah, an immaculate first touch. And maybe Lisa was spot on with her analysis that he's not got the World Cup to think about now. All he's got to do is think about mm. staying in the first team, delivering for us. Um, what, I, what I would say, those first touches, yeah, for both goals, perfect. Set himself up perfectly. Big difference, though. And uh, Steve, I saw your face when I was... Uh, throwing a bit of flack Danny Ward's way at the start of the pod. Uh, I think he makes Brennan's mind up for him. Now, both those situations, he was in like-for-like scenarios against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, the In the first half where he comes through, Kepper doesn't come bombing out of the goal, makes Brennan go onto his left foot and have to make a, a, a prolonged decision. Danny Ward makes that up for him and Brennan will always back himself a pace um, so he got that spot on but I do think a, a higher quality keeper might uh, still provide more of a challenge and then the one in the second half uh, against Chelsea in the second half again where he was wide on the right just this time it's just he's made the opposite choice rather than go near side he's gone far um, and again just Danny Ward was just an object he wasn't really uh, gonna get anywhere near it so Brennan is living and he's learning and the rest of the squad is too I don't I don't want to get carried away but whether you're someone that is a motive or you're a data person things look good at the minute touching wood on paper Holly like things look good <laughs> like, I'm glad it, you remembered that I still well, have yeah, no we, idea what I was on about <laughs> we we're exactly where, where I'd want us to be. And I think I said last week as well that I, I'd, I'd take 17th come the end of the season, but put a run together, we could finish anywhere up to 12th. Dare to dream. If we keep on a, a, another run and those teams above us, your, your Villas and your Palaces remain inconsistent and Chelsea are having a, a, a terrible time of it, I don't want to get carried away, but... You never know. You never know. We could uh, we we keep these uh, the good times going and the um, the sense of camaraderie in this squad. Meanwhile, everyone else is is starting to fall apart. Um, yeah, I think anything's possible for us this year. And I'm certainly looking up more than I am looking down. And that's got to be the first time this year that that I could say that. Now we have to come to the stumbling blocks and the things that can easily disrupt a season. Dean Henderson, absolute brick wall in that, in that Wolves game, uh, had a blinder, great penalty shootout. The Batons uh, well and truly been passed. Even Bree Samba was, uh, was on, on, on his socials to, uh, to remark on that. We even had the same tactics of the, uh, the names on the bottle, which was a nice touch, but, Dean Henderson is going to be out for a while. Now, he's going to miss Bournemouth, fair enough. Probably going to, he was probably going to miss both legs of the United um, Cup game anyway. But what do we do? Do we stick? Do we twist? Do we need to go get someone? Steve, what would you do? Oh, that is the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, because he is so important to us. Um, and just like what you said there regarding, you know, Johnson. Coming up against the likes of Ward. <clears throat> now, other strikers or opposition strikers 
you know, if they're coming up against um, Hennessy or, or Smith, you know, they're going to be fancying the chances far better than they would do. Yeah, that's, that is a tricky one. Uh, football is a brutal game. My honest opinion, I'd go and get someone on loan or, or yeah, I would because the greatest respect to the, to the two guys, but this is top flight football. It's taken us 23 years to get there. I don't think we should be playing games, you know, excuse the pun, go out and get someone. One thing I was considering, are we able to um, recall Horvath? Oh, good question. That's something you know I, was, I was pondering you know the other what? day. I forgot all about no, it. See. No, <laughs> I see that no one ever thought happened. of. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, when he came, he came on in the playoff final, didn't he, at the end? And he he did, yeah, well. for about three minutes, yeah. Yeah, and that was, I think that was the last time that he played for us. Because uh, obviously he's gone out to Luton, isn't it? He's on loan yeah. out. So um, possibly that could be, you know, an option maybe. But um, you'd like to think that Hennessy, for me, would step up to the plate. This is his chance now. You know, he's played international football. He's played at the World Cup, albeit gets got sent off. But, um, you know, I'd like to think, uh, I can't remember whether it was you, Kieran, that said this on the chat, that he's, some, you know, he's more than just a tall lad. You know, he's got more than just his height. He can actually make a few saves and, and kind of, you know, position himself and get in there and actually push for the for the first team but it's a massive loss isn't it um but you know onward and upward these you know these things are sent to testers and we've got to got to rise to the challenge now unfortunately yeah i think i said the polar opposite actually in the no, chat. <laughs> maybe that was somebody else getting confused. <laughs> i think i said all he's got is his height for me yeah look i i can't get past the united league game we were there we were watching the warm-up jordan smith was letting in goals in that warm-up, the same one that um, that Hennessy actually let in during the game. It just They were just going through his hands. So from the last thing I've seen of Jordan Smith, no. Uh, he's, uh, I, I, I remember watching him at Mansfield. I, I'll be honest, look, it's a good living if you can get it, but he's stealing it as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Like, he's just a proper squad man. I love seeing people come through the ranks, but... He's not. He's not the answer. If and if he is, I don't know what the question is. Hennessy. Hennessy. Again, he's. He should be better than what I've seen. And admittedly, it's hard for a goalkeeper just to drop in and suddenly be at the peak of their powers. But I've seen Hennessy do it for us now. Where this season, where he's looked shaky coming in, he's done it for Wales, where he's been rash this season. Arguably, cost them significantly. At, at the uh, at the World Cup, I, if I'm Steve Cooper, I probably one wouldn't be listening to a podcast than someone who's got no coaching badges or any experience behind the scenes of a football club. But I I would have a question mark. I would have a question mark. I'm seeing us linked to Darlow. I'm seeing us linked mm. to Dubravka, and both of those feel like better options to me. And I've not seen them play. <laughs> um, I I just feel like. It, at the very least, having another viable option come into the squad so that Hennessy doesn't think that shirt is his um, just because, because he's next in line. Mm. And Holly, you, you, you've made me question the Horvath situation, if I'm mm. honest. Um, I don't know if we have a recall option. What I could say, though, is Luton are ninth in the championship and they're mm. only two points off the playoffs. That would be some fuckery on our part. I mean, I've not really been keeping an eye on him, so I don't really know. I'm presuming that he's doing pretty well um, down at Kenilworth Road. But, um, 
yeah, no one's really mentioned it either. I've not seen a lot on socials about it. So maybe it's just not an option. And yeah, it's till the end of the season and that's it. And we, and we can't recall him. But um, I mean, they must have seen something in Hennessy when we bought him. Sorry. When, yeah, when we, did, when we did buy him. Um, what was it? Because what 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 is he doing in our squad? You know, if he's not a backup and he can't just jump in when we need him, you know, that's surely that's what he's been brought in for. And, you know, Jordan Smith is so far behind. You know, I'm 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 really surprised why he hasn't you know been brought up snapped up by a lower league side or at least gone out on loan um surely he wants to play football I mean that's a whole other whole other story but it it just frustrates me that we haven't we're all sitting here thinking "Mm, Hennessy's going to come in we're just not sure we're not confident why are we in that position you know why are we not buying someone that is a really decent backup and I agree with you I think Personally, I someone like Darlow could pop in, you know, for for a few months. Then fine, I'd I'd happily take him um, on his day. I think he was a top top keeper, and I was really sad when he left. Um, so I don't know. What's Doris De Vries doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll have a word. He's about fifty, isn't he? He's, he's nearly he's older than me. <clears throat> oh, you're only as old as you feel, mate. <laughs> Thank you, up, Steve. That that call could still come, mate. Um, <laughs> Well, look, we've been busy actually elsewhere in the uh, in the transfer market, and we've we've got another Brazilian in. We're gonna have to learn the samba. Um, we've now got Lodi, we've got Scarpa, and add to that Danilo. What what do we have to look forward to? Does anyone know, or are people just getting excited because it's another Brazilian name on the squad sheet? <laughs> I think people have just read the sort of bio on him and just done a bit of research. I've, I did the same myself. I just did a bit of, bit of, you know, a bit of background work. But it's, I'll be honest, I've never really sort of, he's not come across my radar at all. And, um, but, you know, judging by what he's worn and the age he is, it's exciting. But uh, again, another holding midfielder. Um, I was screaming out for a centre forward. We'll probably come to that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I didn't know much about him, but I'm hearing good things. And then if they, you know, if they're going down the Palmeiras route with, as they did with Scarpa, surely Scarpa's had an input there. Um, so that would give you a bit of confidence as well. Yeah, I think if you, I, I was, what, years ago when, um, when Rubinho signed for Man City and like I, I always have a feeling that when you bring someone over to England and particularly not London, not a major city um, where you can guarantee they will find some form of home comfort there. And the further north you go, the weather's getting worse. Um, I, I would have had that worry if we didn't have some other lads in the squad to help him assimilate and, uh, get used to to the environment but do you know what i scarper's such a, a good time guy he brings the good vibes yeah i'm 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 certainly not dour uh on the prospect of um Danilo and uh and what he can do but who's he who's he coming in for like and, and is this going to be a slow burner or is he in straight away that's the million dollar question isn't it i mean i'd, I'd love to see him straight into the side i mean so what is he Yates will probably be out, won't he, against Man U? Uh, well, against Bournemouth as well, I, I presume. Um, do, we, do we know? Has he definitely been concussed, Ryan Yates? Is he definitely out? What do we know? <laughs> as of time of recording, I've seen nothing official about that. No. But 
when it comes to head injuries, I'd really rather we erred on the side of caution there. It's not something to be to be mucked about with. Um, and we want Yatesy to be uh, sound for us for a good few years. We know he's always going to throw his, his body on the line, including his head. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather we maybe protected him a little bit. Uh, is he the guy who is immediately out? Because maybe Koyati's back. I don't know. Or is he on the long-term injury list? Yeah, not heard about him really, have we? Yeah, Um, there's a few question marks uh, around that role. But in in a perfect world, everyone fits. I don't think we we chuck this lad in at the deep end. Um, But again, we're not there on the training park. Who knows what what Steve Cooper's seeing? And we've given him a a monster long contract, which I do think is more about financial fair play than us actually thinking we're going to keep him until... Um, he's 28 but um, yeah I mean yeah. surely we've not brought him in to sit on the bench and he's not going to be happy sitting on the bench so he's got to fit in somewhere um, and I'll be really interested to see how he does slot in and when um, but yeah just really excited that we can attract names like this to the city ground and I dare say well, I think he even said didn't he, even in his interview that you know the fact that we've won two, two European Cups is still there being a bit of a pull as well as uh, a couple of his mates being here as well which is great and I think it's it's that old adage, isn't it? As can they sort of adjust to um, you know life in the in the Premier League and the sort of gritty conditions that we have over here and, and get stuck in? So I guess it remains to be seen. But yeah, just delighted that we can we can pull in someone like that because he was. I mean, was he linked with Arsenal? I saw a lot of stuff going on with the Arsenal fans on uh, on Twitter. But is that right that they thought he was going there at some point? I don't know. But um, I, like Steve, I I don't really know a lot about him to be honest. I watched the little show reel, looked really impressive. So I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, someone check in on Alex Crooks and Talk Sport, by the way, because uh, I think the heart attacks will be following soon. <laughs> Signing number 24. How dare we? How dare we? Getting so far above our stations. Yeah. Um, look, what I do want to chat about, um, it was a weird, weird weekend for VAR. And admittedly, the most contentious moment of VAR did not happen at the city ground. Um, although there was one in the Wolves game um, and that was the second game on the trot for Wolves where they've uh, had to deal with a VAR decision that they were probably going apoplectic about. But flip side, we benefited from a VAR decision um, in, in the Leicester game and VAR got it spot on, whereas the officials on the pitch got it dead wrong. So where where do you, what, Steve, where are you at with VAR? Hate it, love it. Um, I'm not a fan, and <clears throat> I know it benefited us, but it's just the politics behind it. Because when it first came out, you breathed; it was going to be AR. You know, you spun your head; it was going to be AR. Now it seems like it's going to be a, a, an absolute clear cut opportunity for it to go to VAR. It seems like they're just kind of brushing it to the side. I think. My gut instinct, if I was a cynic, I'd say they're slowly going to try and phase it out because they're using it less and less. I mean, the one you talked about, the Wolves, I looked on Twitter and a lot of Forest fans were saying, no, it wasn't a penalty. I was like, what? I mean, when your man went through, I mean, obviously he's taking his boot off. No attempt, you know, there was the ball wasn't played in the area. For me, that's apparently all day long. If the attacker is ahead of the defender, it's his prerogative to step across the defender's line. Of course, yeah, yeah, that's that's 
the professional and professional footballer. That's what you do. That's and in the same way when you know you you're a striker and the ball's coming, you've got your back to goal, you're back into the center half, and you know you use your body as leverage and just little tricks here and there. Um, and you'd be doing that all day long. Exactly. You know, if you're not doing that, then you're playing step four non-league. It's simple as that. But um, yeah, the Wolves one I thought was I couldn't believe it didn't go to a VAR and I couldn't believe he didn't just blow for it there and then because I would have I was you know I was looking at it, I thought that's definite then but then obviously we'll probably come around to what happened at Old Trafford and that well I mean yeah that just that just throws blows everything out of the water doesn't it? I mean because that was just bizarre yeah there's there's some belt in photoshops that have come out where they've literally removed Marcus Rashford from the scenario it does not end with Bruno Fernandez. That um, threw on goal, as far as I can see. Um, All right, I didn't see. That's a great idea to. Yeah, honestly, they 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 take uh, Rashford out of the picture. The ball is maybe two yards in front of Akanji. Bruno Fernandez is at least eight yards outside of that that line of the ball. Um, there's zero percent chance in that scenario that Akanji doesn't get there first, but for Rashford having his body between it. Um, personally, I, I played a lot of rugby, uh, went to watch a lot of rugby league and video refs have been present throughout that entirety. It wasn't, a, a an element that got added. Now I'm of the opinion that VAR is a good thing in theory. What we have is imperfect practice. And I also don't buy the argument of, oh, it ruins, ruins the celebrations. It ruins those moments. It takes them away from you. No, actually, what it gives you is another thing to celebrate, which is the opposition not getting something. It gives and it takes. And in a rugby stadium, you go to Old Trafford and watch the grand final. And by the way, you'd walk in because there's always tickets. I do recommend people have a go because it's a laugh. Um, but you go watch that. Everyone celebrates. No one pauses. They know it's going to be reviewed on video anyway. They go. They live in the moment, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'd appeal to fans who are who are talking about that because I've never known football fans tend to keep a lid on their emotions at the best of times. I don't know why suddenly we're acting like VAR is the moment where everyone will suddenly start to restrain themselves. But yeah, just in my opinion, keep celebrating wait and see what happens. You'll either get to celebrate again or you're the fortunate lot down the other end of the stadium that get a moment to celebrate that you didn't think you were going to have. It's drama. It's still entertainment. But I don't know. Am I miles off, Holly? Do you hate it? Um, I think one, another one of the downsides is I get double the bruises from uh, falling over in B block twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm quite a traditionalist and I have felt that yeah, for me, bar does take away that beautiful, spontaneous eruption of when a goal goes in. But maybe it is just like everything else when we're trying to be progressive and we've just kind of maybe got to get used to. Um, but you're right, it's got to be used in the right way. You know, we've got to avoid situations like, you know, the Lampard goal against Germany in 2010, which, you know, I'm still not over. <laughs> um, but then when we're looking at a literal, you know, toenail or, or hair between I mean it's just ridiculous but um 
but it is needed in certain circumstances, but used in the right way. Um, and I do think they should continuously review it as well. And it shouldn't just be accepted um, like everything in football. You know, is it working correctly? We need to, you know, critically evaluate it on regular intervals and, and make sure that it's, it's, it's serving its purpose. And I think not completely. Uh, it's better than last season. Um, and we've had some dodgy decisions. We've had some good decisions as well. Um, so just kind of a little bit like before we had VAR where decisions just kind of generally even themselves out over the over the course of a season if we got if it got taken away you know I wouldn't really care to be honest um unless we suddenly got a massive spate of absolute you know terrible decisions um but I do think it, it needs continuously looking at because um it does really change a game and you know when you when it goes your way though you know it's fantastic and, and it was great on Saturday when it was reviewed it was a goal. It should have been a goal. And we could celebrate again and, and, and just have that joyous moment of, of Brennan Johnson taking the ball beautifully around the keeper and starting at home, which is a really, really difficult thing to do in, in that kind of pressured circumstance. So, yeah, there are pros and cons, aren't there? But it needs to be it needs to be used in the right way. Um, and is it? I don't know. That remains to be seen. I've just got a very, very quick one. Again, one thing that really grinds my gears about VAR is... is it's not so much the VAR, it's the competitions. So like FA Cup, EFL, whatever, certain grounds will have it, certain grounds won't. FA Cup, the likes of Boreham Wood, won't have VAR if they're at home. If you're going to have it, you have to have it throughout the, the entirety of the competition because that in itself is just an indiscrepancy and, and I don't agree with that. So if they might say, oh, it's not, pot, you know, it's not possible at that ground, then move the ground or whatever or don't or scrap it all together but you either you've got to have it for me if you're going to have it for the FA Cup you've got to have it every single round from you know from the professional stages sort of from round one um but that baffles me how you it will be at one ground and not the next um and and you know it can make or break someone's it, it's kind of like having different rules isn't it in different games yeah. in a way you know so you can get away with this in this game but you can't in another so yeah, it is strange, isn't it? Time will tell. Personally, I don't see it going anywhere. Um, I think we just need to get some people to be consistent with its application. Uh, look, before we head on to uh, a little look ahead to our next uh, row of fixtures, uh, we forgot to mention we have been linked to a centre-forward. I'm not really sure if it's got any legs in it, but Chris Wood, Steve, you having him? Yep. Just for the diversity of, of the, the game plan. Obviously, Cooper likes a big man in the form of Surridge, um, and you know, and he can give something different. Uh, but Surridge, we all know he's not Premier League quality. Wood gives you that dimension. He gives you that crosses into the box goal. So for me, is a yeah. Ooh, straight in. Surridge is still a question mark for me. Because at the weekend, he and I saw some people kicking off about it and be like, oh, we're really going to talk about someone assisting the assister. <laughs> well, that used to be a stat. There used to be a genuine second assist column. Um, it just kind of got forgotten about. I I, I think Surridge was, um, he, he played an important role and in, he injected some life. But yes, Steve, he isn't finishing in front of goal at, at this level and still has work to do. Uh, Chris Wood, is he the answer? I don't know. Is he expensive? 
again, I don't know. This this could just be paper talk and people uh, winding things up online. Holly, would you have Chris Wood or is there someone else you'd prefer? Yeah, I definitely have him. Um, as you guys have said, he gives a different option. And I think, you know, I, I don't actually know how old he is. I think he's probably in his late 20s, is he? Something like that. I would imagine that he, you know, he wants to go somewhere and prove himself. He's obviously out of favour at Newcastle. So why not? Um, drop into forests, have a few good games, score some goals and, and get his career back on track and only does us a favour, doesn't it? Um, but other than that, obviously, getting a striker is the most difficult position, isn't it? And especially in the Premier League. So I would take him if he's available. Um, but yeah, back to Surridge. He's a massive team player and he does offer us some great link-up. Um, he's very reliable, but he does just need to find the back of the net. I mean, there was that header, wasn't there, at the weekend? That, uh, there was another sitter as well, I think, that he missed. So... Um, it, there's a really good player in there if he could just sort of uh, get his shooting boots in the in the right way, I think. But unfortunately, but I do love Sam Surridge. Chris Wood is a year younger than me. That's uh, that's depressing, but he is over 30. So he's 32, 31, 32. I'm not sure on the exact date, but he was born in 91. Um, yeah, I'd, look, I'd have him. I, I, I think we need... I don't, we don't want to talk of the Mad King too much, but Billy Davis had it right with, he had his home team and he had his away team and he had Darius Henderson or he had Deli Adebola to just go and lump the ball up, make it stick, be a thorn in the side of uh, those centre-backs and make sure they uh, they don't get too high up the pitch, create the space for your midfield to, to come into the play. I, I do think we need that. I do think we need that variety um, in the squad. Uh, it, it's it's a shame Tyro's got the injury when he has, because he was starting to be able to get the ball to stick to his feet and and take it from deep and work, work his way down the field. So that is a real shame. I don't necessarily think signing a Chris Wood would then prevent a fit Tywo from breaking into the squad. Um, who knows? Let's see what systems, uh, systems they play. But yeah, time's going to tell on that one. It certainly doesn't look like we're going to have as busy a transfer window as we did uh, in the earlier stages of the season. But yeah, the the signs would point to there is plenty of work going on uh, behind the scenes. Now, we have got a couple of games on the horizon. First this weekend, Bournemouth. I'm getting flashbacks from thinking we were so comfortable at home uh, to absolutely throwing it away. We owe them one, don't we, Holly? Oh, God, do we? Yeah, this is another one that I can't wait for. Um, and please, 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 God, can Kiefer Moore not score against us? Um, <laughs> just kind of nullify him and we'll be fine. Um, another team that we definitely owe one to, yeah. So um, I'm confident. Uh, don't see why not. Uh, we're on the up. We've got loads of spirit and confidence at the moment. And um, yeah, we absolutely owe them one. So I think it'll be tight though still. Um, but we've won away, haven't we, against Southampton? There's no reason we can't beat Bournemouth, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah that's that's it for me. There's uh, there's monkeys off our backs. So it's absolutely, not, it's not really going into this one having to prove anything. But at the same time, we should be looking to start putting a bit of a gap between us. And you know what? We're five points ahead of the guys who are in the bottom three. It's not quite as uh, as big a gap uh, down to 17th. I think there's a number of teams there that are only one win and us losing one game. 
um, from immediately catching us up and having a better goal difference. I'm looking at this one as maybe maybe not quite must win, uh, but certainly must not lose. Steve, what's your thoughts? Yeah, pretty much the same. Just do not lose. And I think it might be, I, I, know, I know they're hapless at the minute. They've lost six in a row. But with our injuries, that's the only thing that, that, that just grates me a bit. So I think, personally, my, my gut instinct is we'll go there and get a draw. I mean, it'd be fantastic to get a win, but I just think without the likes of, you know, Henderson and uh, Bolly and whatever, he was just starting to get good with Warren at the back there. And depending on, you know, if he makes a miraculous recovery and gets back in. But yeah, with the injuries in that, I think it's just come at a bad time. But there are so many sides down there out of form and we've won a lot of the six pointers so yeah it's not beyond the realms of possibility but my gut instinct is we go there and we draw I think that's a good point actually like with Ryan Yates not available I wouldn't have thought you know he's the kind of player that you need in an away sort of dogged scrappy away sort of performance kind of break up play and and just battle so I think that's going to be quite a loss as well unfortunately so well, look, fingers crossed when we come back for a cup semi-final special, <laughs> uh, hopefully next week if we can rope everyone together, we will have continued our bright moods. But until then, you Reds! Hey!